Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. All right. Welcome everyone to the Portage County Safety Council's podcast. I am excited to be here because we are getting revved up to work with our partners in the northeast part of the great state of Ohio for the Northeast Ohio Safety Expo. This expo is going to be taking place on October 20th, 2022. It will be in person. I am excited to be back out in the field and seeing all the presenters and all of the safety professionals from across Northeast Ohio. And to prepare for this, we reached out to the lead, Dave Constantino, and said, hey, let's do some podcasts, some teasers about what's happening. And this is our first one that we're releasing today. And I'm really excited about this because this is a topic that us as safety professionals and your risk management people need to understand well. So I want to want you to help me in welcoming Cheryl Altizer from ProMedica Medical Management Group. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast channel today. Well, thank you, Nicholas. I'm excited to be here. It's nice to be back after a couple of years off. Yeah, you know, it's been weird uh, not having the Safety Expo. I was excited when David reached out to me and said, hey, let's do this presentation again. Let's get the Expo running. And um, I said, hey, give me a list of your top presenters, who we should have on our podcast channel to help sell this, to make sure we fill those seats. And your name came right to the top of that list. And I think it's because, you know, A, good presenter. B, the topic is just really important because there's so many new people entering into the world of HR, safety, happen to wear both of those hats at the same time. So tell us a little bit about how you're going to be able to help them be better at their job. Thank you. Um, I've been doing this for a number of years, more decades than I care to admit. And when we have a change of a staff, we have to go back and revisit the protocol on when an employer has a new workers' comp claim. They need to know the forms that they need to use uh, to give to us, to give to the bureau, to give to the injured worker. So we thought it would be a good time to stop back and go, hey, let's start from the beginning and say when an injury occurs, what's going to happen? So we'll just go from start to finish. No, and I think that's important. You know, we call it the, the the college level, the 101s, right? The introduction to this. But even for our seasoned people, going back to basics is good because I can tell you as a safety professional, a lot of times I see injuries occur because we found shortcuts through our career and that's where that happens. And I think claims slip through the cracks sometimes and we don't handle them correctly because we forgot the basics. And and really that's that's part of your presentation is workers' comp 101 starting with the basics. Right. Employers don't know what their role is in a workers' comp claim. And the employer is one of the huge parties to the claim. They need to let us know as the MCO when an injury occurs, because then we take it and run with it. Uh, we'll get the medical that's needed. We'll do our three-point contact with the employer, the injured worker, and the medical provider. And then we grab all of that information and send it to the Bureau of Workers' Comp, who will make the initial claim determination. Without the employer getting it started and sending it to us, it could be weeks before we're notified of a new, new workers' comp claim. Many times it's when the injured worker starts to get a bill going, why wasn't my bill paid? And we'll say, well, because we don't know what happened. No one told us you had a new claim. So we need to make sure the employer knows that when an injury occurs, what they need to do and contact us. And, and on that, too, the way the Bureau looks at things is different than the way the federal government looks at things, the Department of Labor and OSHA. And so there's these ter terminology changes in there that really just throw us safety professionals as a loop. You know, when we start talking about lost time, I'm like, well, they were off a day. That's a lost time, right? And your response would be, no, it's a little bit different. Yeah. There's some terminology differences there that we need to identify, too. 
Right. Um, there's two types of claims. There's the medical only, and then they are the lost time, as you said. A medical only claim is an injured worker is off seven days or less. Then the only thing that's paid out in the claim is the medical fee bills. So that makes it a medical only claim. When an injured worker is off eight days or more, then they are due compensation, wage compensation. So either the employer will need to step up and pay wage compensation directly, or the bureau will get involved and get their wages and calculate it and pay it either under some sort of a temporary total disability payment. So that's when it's eight days or more becomes a lost time claim. So we like to keep them under, out of work under eight days to keep them medical only. And I talk to my employers a lot about this and talking about, you know, we really need to kind of separate the idea of OSHA and BWC compensability and recordability because they're much different things. Don't cross those lines. We need to investigate those from different angles, but both need to be investigated and the paperwork needs to be done correctly. And, and from your standpoint, the investigation is not always, a, you know, we want to prevent the injury, right? We don't want it to happen again, but there's right. more important reasons for the investigation from a workers' comp standpoint, correct? Yeah, correct. And that's why as an MCO, we give our employers an injury packet. When an injury occurs, they can grab this envelope and they have the paperwork that they need to get started. They'll have their first report of an injury, which the injured worker needs to complete. And then we need that back to start the claim once they sign that. But then the employer needs to say, hey, what happened? Did then an injury occur? We've had claims filed when the injured worker wasn't even working the day they got injured, allegedly. Um, They say they slipped and fell on some oil and there was never oil on the floor. So we need the injured worker to identify what they say occurred and then for someone from the employer to go back and investigate that. Is that really what occurred? I often tell people that we want to look for, not the fault, who's at fault for this, but we're looking for the facts. If we can get the facts together, then you as the MCO can run with that information and the safety professional can run on the other side of the house with that information. Right. Very true. One of my favorite stories I tell is when a gentleman uh, was a home inspector. He went out and was inspecting a home and it was a rainy day. And he, as he was leaving, he slipped down a couple steps outside the uh, house and injured his back. He filled out his first report of injury indicating that. The supervisor went out and did a claims investigation and said, that's exactly what makes sense that occurred. It helped to get the claim allowed. And then six, nine months later, the injured worker wants to get additional conditions added to the claim, like lumbar disc. And he tells the BWC doctor that seeing him for the additional conditions that he fell head over heels down an entire flight of stairs. If that supervisor would not have gone out and said there was three steps he slid down, not an entire flight of stairs, we wouldn't have known that. So an investigation is critical to allow the claim to occur initially and then make sure the mechanism of injury stays consistent across the board. You know, and that's that's all that this is about is really, you know, when we have claims, we want to manage the claims cost and we do that through investigations. We do it through proper paperwork channels and there's just so many pieces there that there's professionals to help us. And that's what the MCO's role really is, is to help us through that confusion. Um, you know, I understand enough in HR to get myself in trouble, but I can help the HR person deal with the safety side of the house. And I think that's where the roles come in, such as your organization and building that network of people around you to be successful with these claims. 
Very true. Very true. Once we get a claim started, then we've got to get this injured worker either remaining at work by getting them, you know, some physical therapy, getting them a brace, or if they're off work, you know, we got to get them all the treatment they need to get them back to work using a team approach with maybe they need a job site analysis, maybe they need therapy on site. So as the MCO, Within our guidelines, we can help the employer get someone back to work and keep their costs down. And cost is another great reason to be sitting in this session that you're doing. When somebody is injured, it's not just like, well, we pay out on it one time and we're done. This impacts their rates for four or five years. There's a big impact financially on an organization. So they need to find ways to maximize the impact of their actions to reduce the overall cost of that claim. Because it could be a financial burden on an organization for an extended period of time. Definitely. That's why we go from the start. Hey, do you have any light duty work? Do you have any modified duty work? And that's tough for some employers. Uh, you got a truck driver and there's just nothing for them to do. So one of the extra programs we have come up with is a program called TOP, Temporary Offsite Placement Program. We'll take whatever this truck driver could do and put them into a nonprofit and they could be in a food bank or Goodwill or something where they're getting paid their normal salary. So it helps the injured worker, but the employer is not getting hit with some wage compensation payments that's going to hurt their premium down the road. And then, as you said, stay with them for a number of years. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is all great information. And uh, I encourage people to come out and listen to your presentation because there's just so much there. Um, this is a topic that, you know, we could go in a hundred different directions. There's so much information. Um, and professionals like you really clear up a lot of the mud for us. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how do we get in contact with you if we have questions before this presentation and we want to start moving in that direction for our company? Sure. I am the account executive for Prometica Medical Management. I'm the one that go out and meet with the employers. My phone number, you can reach me there, is 888-202-3515. Extension 426401, or you can email me at Cheryl, C H E R Y L A, at prometicamco.com. All right. Thank you so much for being here with us today on this podcast. I'm excited. Um, this is definitely one of the sessions I'm going to be checking out on October 20th, 2022, here for the Northeast Ohio Safety Expo. Cheryl, thank you for sharing um, just a little snippet of what's there. Uh, I encourage everybody to come out and hear the rest of it because there's a lot of good information packed in this session. Thank you, Nicholas. I'm very excited to present this to the employers. All right, everybody have a great day and be safe out there. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe.